This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Greetings, welcome into the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. This is the Black and Blue Report, and greetings today from Houston, Texas. I'm Sean Kelly. Tonight, the Pelicans take on the Houston Rockets. We've got a big game here at the Toyota Center with some Western Conference playoff implications, we hope, as uh, the Rockets are kind of sliding a little bit. The Pelicans surging since the All-Star break. And this is one of those games where you kind of flip it a little bit. You have a direct impact not only on your record, but on the record of the team uh, that you're uh, chasing for the perhaps the eighth seed in the Western Conference. So I'm a little, I'm a little jazzed up today as we get ready for basketball tonight. It's also the start of a back-to-back for the Pelicans that sees them at home tomorrow night against the uh, San Antonio Spurs. We'll have great conversation today with David Wesley. It is a Wesley Wednesday, and the uh, former player and analyst for Fox Sports New Orleans is uh, is here in Houston with me, uh, getting ready for tonight's game, but also to visit with uh, with me and you on the Black and Blue Report. And as promised from last uh, Wesley Wednesday, we will have our discussion today about uh, the uh, Golden State Warriors of this season and the uh, 72-win Chicago Bulls team of the mid-90s. So we will deliver on that promise. I think that you'll you'll like the um, the uh, the thoughts of David Wesley today because he comes well prepared. He has many pages of notes, and uh, he is uh, he has jumped in with both feet <laughs> with regard to this topic. So we'll discuss that. And we'll discuss tonight's game, of course, against the uh, Houston Rockets. And then, as Daniel Salerson told you yesterday on the Black and Blue Report, uh, the Women's uh, Tackle Football Championships are being held uh, at the New Orleans Saints practice facility all this week. And we have a very special guest in Jen Welter. Uh, Jen not only played tackle football at various levels, including the pros and with the men uh, on the, in the indoor game, she also has now made her way up the coaching ranks and most recently was a coaching intern on Bruce Arians' Arizona Cardinals staff last August during training camp uh, leading up to, I think she her internship took her through the third preseason game, but she's in town here to speak to that group uh, tomorrow uh, at our facility, as a matter of fact, and she's kind enough to give us a preview of that talk tomorrow and, and talk about her experience um, as a woman, as a pioneer, um, and working her way into perhaps a larger role uh, with regard to the NFL and maybe being more of a permanent coach down the road. So, as always, we like conversation on this show. We'll have two great ones for you today here from Houston, Texas. David Wesley, first up. We'll do that next after these quick messages. Summer is coming and Keefe's Air Conditioning and Heating is ready to serve you. Keefe's offers a 25-point precision AC tune-up for only $119. Get your AC ready for the real heat that's coming. And as always, call Keefe's and we'll get you cool in three hours or less, guaranteed. Keefe's Air Conditioning and Heating. For fast relief, call Keefe's. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home 
for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. The Harlem Globetrotters bring their 90th anniversary world tour to the Smoothie King Center for two shows Saturday, April 2nd. Witness some of the world's best athletes execute unbelievable feats of ball handling, trick shots, and comedy. It's the team's most epic tour in 90 years and a lifelong memory in the making. Score your tickets at Ticketmaster.com and don't miss your chance to get in on the action at the Smoothie King Center, Saturday, April 2nd at 2 and 7 p.m. Guess what day it is? Hump day? Well, yeah, and it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. Well, we are in a hotel room. That can only mean one thing. It's another Wesley Wednesday. It seems like, well, I'd have to go back to check. The majority of Wesley Wednesdays, I would say, have been in hotel rooms this season. Welcome to Houston, everybody. Uh, former playing grounds of David Wesley. Good to see you, sir. Good to see you. Yeah. And I've had a lot of good memories. I was only here a year and a half playing with the, the Rockets, but uh, it was it was fun. We, we were a pretty good team, especially that second half of the season, my first year here. So, uh, good memories here. Yeah. Texas born and bred too, though. Yes, uh, born in San Antonio, Baylor guy, grew up in Longview, Texas. All right, very good. So with that being said, we will continue. And it is a fun Wednesday because of, well, two things. Number one is, if you remember last week on Wesley Wednesday, um, we decided to uh, fire the cannon and uh, send it to the next week and say, we have a big conversation coming. You can participate if you like. Um, and that would be the beginning of some comparisons, at least in our conversations, about this year's Golden State Warriors and the 95-96 Bulls. And, and that conversation only gets ramped up because of what Steph Curry did um, with the Warriors at Oklahoma City since we last spoke. The other thing is this. Here the Pelicans are sitting in Houston, Texas, with a big game later today. Um, thanks in large part to the fact that the Rockets lost again. <laughs> and so, therefore... Um, we have uh, a game tonight with actual playoff implications. Uh, kind of on the outside looking in, but they st it still matters. It's a big game and a big week, so we'll get to that here in a moment. But let's let's get started on the conversation we, uh, we teased about last week. And lo and behold, I walk into David's hotel room here, and he has notes. I mean, he has prepped it all out. And um, I'm curious to see where you want to go with uh, – whether or not – now, hold on. I guess we should probably clarify things. Did we say we were going to have a conversation about which team is better or did we have – are we going to have a conversation about what would happen if they played head-to-head? -head? I was looking at what team would you say, let's say NBA Finals. Okay. Which team – and they were different conferences, so it could, it could happen. Which team do you think would win in a seven-game series? Now, we had, we had several folks on Twitter respond, and um, I, I think that the one that I liked was, well, because I agreed with it, was we would play uh, that team's era's rules when that was the home team in a best of seven. Are, are you on board with that? I, I like that, I, I, you know, cause, because it's going to change things quite a bit, you know, and, and certainly you're thinking of Michael back in his prime uh, when they won the, won the 72 games. He was 32 years old. Uh, back then, they played more minutes. He was averaging 37-7. Uh, Scottie Pippen was up around 37 minutes as well. All right, so that we've established that. And I think that's only fair because, look, when the Bulls did what they did in 95-96, everybody played that style of basketball. 
And sure enough, the Warriors are playing in a new era with a new style, and everybody in the league plays that way as well. So each team has to to be offensive in that format and defensive in that format. So I, I somewhat want to throw some cold water, David, on the whole, well, the Bulls would be better just because, you know, it was more physical then. And, boy, these bull, those Bulls would just knock these Warriors off the floor and all that. Well, the whistle would blow, right? Right. Yeah. That whole team would foul out because if you know, if you remember watching them, they were long, they got in passing lanes, but they also played so physical, their idea was they can't call everything. And they may rip an arm off and it'd be a no call and going the other way because Michael or Scotty has a steal. So um, this would be an interesting series. In seven games, uh, what would happen when the Bulls couldn't put their hands on or be as physical as they're accustomed to playing when they're at when they're in Golden State. Okay, but what about when the Warriors are in Chicago? Does this Warriors lineup, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, you go on down the list, are they physical enough to play the old way when the games are in Chicago during this upcoming series? I would have to say, you know, a guy like Bogut would probably be fine. I, I think Draymond Green could probably be fine. He plays kind of a physical style. Harrison Barnes, not sure. Uh, he would have a tough matchup. He'd probably be matched up uh, some with Scottie Pippen. Um, the two I would be curious to know would be Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Now, when you can put your hands on somebody, you can kind of direct and slow down. And I know Curry has a great handle, but I played against guys with great handle. I could put my hand on them. It, it almost neutralized some of that because when they get by, I could put an arm bar on them or a hand on them and recover. And when you're focused in on defense or if you're a defensive guy like Pippen and, Scott and, Pippen and Jordan were, it could be difficult for those guys. But in saying that, they had trouble guarding Damon Stoudemire. He played for one of the worst teams in the league that year and – who matched up with him. Now, that 95-96 Bulls team started Ron Harper, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen on the perimeter. Now, the question is, how do they match up with Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Harrison Barnes? Who guards Steph Curry, who already proved that he can give you 50 in a heartbeat and do it efficiently? It's, it's really kind of mind-boggling because he would be the difference maker and the way they create play, pick, and roll and Draymond Green, also a playmaker, could give the Bulls some fits. Okay, fair enough. But who guards Michael Jordan then? I mean, if we're going to talk about unguardable players, who on this Warriors team then guards Michael Jordan? Well, I think Klay Thompson, and again, not to say that Klay Thompson has a job of shutting him down, but He's more of their perimeter defender. Him and Harrison Barnes would probably cross-match, mismatch at times in the game. But I give Klay Thompson the assignment knowing that Michael is still going to probably have his 35. Um, by the way, does Steve Kerr get to play with the 95-96 Bulls or does he get to coach the 15-16 Golden State Warriors? Am I getting too far ahead of myself? Yeah, I think you're way too far because, because it's interesting – uh, certainly that's, that would be uh, a funny thing to have to deal with if this could ever possibly be yeah. done. 
Uh, does he want to coach or does he want to play? I'm sure he'd want to play. Okay. Um, what else do you want to note here? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm marveling at your notes here. What else do you want to note or that should be a key piece of this conversation in trying to compare two unbelievable basketball teams? You know, I, I, think, we could, I think we could be here for hours going back and forth, and, and I don't think there's a wrong or right answer. Uh, I lean towards I played against the Bulls. I never played against these, these Golden State Warriors. So uh, that physicality, the way they made shots and came up with big plays is the exact way – that Golden State finds a way, comes up with big plays. Uh, you know, you look at the, the teams that they lost or they lost to, and just real quickly, Orlando was top of the league. Sonics was top of the league. Pacers was, you know, seventh in their conference. Denver didn't make the playoffs. Suns, Heat, Knicks, they saw the Knicks in the playoffs. Toronto was bottom of the league, 27th. Yeah. Hornets didn't make the playoffs, and they lost to the Pacers twice. So, uh, interesting because the same problem they seem to have losing to some of the lower caliber teams is the same problem that Golden State is dealing with this year. A lot of their, a lot of the losses have been so far against subpar teams. So, uh, or not, not necessarily playoff teams. Um, so it could be interesting coming down the stretch because they're ahead of, I think, where the Bulls were at this point. So I think they have to. They can only lose four more games out of their last 20 or something, yeah. Golden State, to get to this record. Interesting. The Bulls that year ran through Miami, the Knicks, Orlando on their way to the finals. You said they lost Indiana twice? Yes. Can you imagine if they had met the Pacers in a playoff series? That, that could have been interesting. And, and the Pacers uh, that year were, were seventh. Uh, they were the third seed, right? Yes, they were the third seed. Correct. So they were the seventh best record in the league, but they're the third seed in the East. So, so the uh, correct. That was the last time the Knicks knocked them out, wasn't it? Before Reggie Miller got them the next year. I'm trying to go back now to my my '90s NBA trip. Yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. it's scary to think '95, '96, 20 years ago. I know. I know. Ugh. <laughs> All right, two two questions because you're you're right. We could go on for hours about this. Uh, two quick questions for you, and then we'll move on to uh, the Pelicans game tonight here in Houston. Number one, um, will this Golden State Warriors team uh, eclipse the Bulls' win total from 95-96? I say yes. Okay. Uh, they have 17 of, of 20 games at home. 17, yes. No, they have 20 games at home. They have a bunch of home games left. Like 17 of the last 24, something like that. Right. Yes. right. So with, with that said, uh, and they haven't been beaten at home this year, uh, if they lost one game at home and three on the road, they're in. They're in. Okay. Last one here, and I didn't prep you for this question. If I could give you the choice, you could play one full season with either the 95-96 Bulls or one full season with the 15-16 Golden State Warriors, which team would you sign with? No doubt about it and no thought behind it, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, I'd just be sitting in the corner, sitting on a wing. I'd be ball movement, man movement. I would have the pick of the litter. I wasn't a volume guy. So, you know, if I got my seven, eight, nine, ten shots, I was pretty happy. And there is no way in a system like this I wouldn't be ultimate efficient and, and love the style. Whereas Jordan dominated the ball quite a bit. Pippen could be dominant of the ball quite a bit. 
the rest of those guys were kind of like, all right, we'll do what we can when you throw us the basketball. So this seems like a more fun – seems like it would be a lot more fun to play with Golden State up and down the court, higher scoring. There's plenty of opportunities. Golden State. It fits your game. I yeah. will say that. I will say that. And you'd help them on those physical nights. Yes, I would. Yes. yes I would. <laughs> um, all right, let's, let's talk about this situation here with regards to the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, interestingly enough, um, the Rockets or the Pelicans tonight could very well be the team that faces the Golden State Warriors in the first round of the playoffs. It's a nice natural tie-in there. Um, even with the loss that the Pelicans suffered at home against Minnesota on Saturday, which was really disheartening, I will say that, um, here you are with a very important stretch of games starting here today against the Houston Rockets, who have lost, what, two in a row now. They're now two games under five hundred. Um, and starting tonight, you're going to play some games that have a direct impact on the teams right above you in the standings. And so I can't help but get excited, David, even as rough as this season has been, about tonight's game here in Houston. Well, it's you're, this is one of those seasons that you're ultimately going to look back. If you miss, miss it by one, miss it by two, you're going to look back and say, we should have been there, of course. But – at this point in the season where there's been all the things that you could talk about, the injuries, the inconsistent play, you're still there. And you win tonight and you you take a big leap in that direction to being in the playoffs. So you expect this team to come out and play at a, at a level that it's all on the line. You're out there diving for balls, running into people, almost taking it back to the 90s, being – Ultra physical, but you got to find a way to do that without fouling. So, uh, this is this is this is this is probably the one of the most important games they'll have going down the stretch until they get to the end, and they have to actually win one or two to right. get in. Right. Anthony Davis has to play, right? You know, I, I I say yes, but I have to throw in this. I had, and I'm not sure if it's exactly or similar or whatever, but when you have that turf toe, the spraying toe, it could be, depending on its seriousness, it could be a while. I was day-to-day for about three weeks with the same thing. And I played two games on it. Paul Silas finally said, I got to sit you down. you're, You're out there dragging that thing around. You're not helping yourself. And you're not helping us. And from that time that he sat me down to to when I came back, I was day to day. So every day somebody would come up and say, are you back? No, I'm not even close. Are you back? And that went on for a while. So hoping that it's not the same thing I had, yes, he has to play. If it is, it, it, could, be, it could be trouble. Yeah. I know that you'll have more work ahead of you today and getting ready for tonight's game, but can you put your finger on why the Rockets are skinning a little bit here and where they may be vulnerable in a game like this tonight? Their defense is terrible. And when I say terrible, uh, 59% for the game for for Milwaukee, 53 from three. Uh, transition defense was non-existent. And their offense, Houston's offense was good in that game. It was very good. The ball moved. They had 30 assists. They 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 shared it. 
Harden was selective. He shot 16 times. He was 8 of 16. He was very selective. Turned down shots to get better shots. They all did. Ariza turned down shots to get better shots. Offensively, they did everything they needed to do. But defensively, attack, attack, attack. And if the Pelicans drive the basketball, don't settle, don't take a good shot, look for a a great shot, they should beat the Rockets. All right. It looks like Portland's going to continue to play really well. They may be actually pulling away from the pack here and, and maybe seven or even a six seed. So that leaves Houston, uh, Utah, uh, Sacramento, and the Pelicans, basically. Right? Four teams. Um, and you play Houston tonight. You've got Utah Saturday, Sacramento on Monday. Oh, by the way, we'll sprinkle a little spurs there for you tomorrow night at the Smoothie King Center. Look, I've got a nice tall pitcher of Pelicans Kool-Aid sitting here on the desk. You want to drink some with me, or you want to you want to hold off a little bit here? Five games out with 24 to play. As as much as I'm rooting for him, I'm a hold off on the Pelican Kool-Aid okay. because of the inconsistencies. And and we can all go back and we could talk about some of their bad losses. And every team has a bad loss. Every team has a bad loss. Even Golden State has a bad loss on their on their on their schedule. But the inconsistency is what I think is going to come back to really bite them. The injury bug is what might be the X factor for this team. So it's hard to – even as close as the Pelicans are, it's hard to jump on and and bet the farm thinking, yes, we can do this. Even as a fan, it's hard to do because there's so much – unknown for this team that the you know what can you count on and you know sometimes it's effort sometimes it's poor offense sometimes it's ball movement there's so many things and then the injury it's so many things that this this team has shown that it won't let you take a sip of the kool-aid they win the night you take a little sip i mean just a little bit i'll take a shot i'll take a shot glass worth you know if a win tonight really starts making things interesting but what if they win the next four four in a row Against those teams I just named, are you going to chug? I am going to chug the Kool-Aid, but four games in a row is all I've been asking for all year. It hasn't happened yet. Right. That, that I've been asking for, they need to make a run, and they've done the four out of five. And they've played well in stretches, and some of those they've played well and lost. Yeah. They need to play well and win, and they need to go on a run I remember uh, in the lockout season, uh, we had to win like some crazy number of games down the stretch, and we found a way to get it done to sneak in. That's what this team needs. They need to 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 bring it, sacrifice, no going out, being ready, uh, you know, eating good, drinking good, all that kind of stuff. It, whatever it takes, they got to find a way to say, you know what, all that stuff that we do – playing video games or staying up late or going out, that's got to fall off the table and go do something else. I am focused on winning, and that's got to be 12 to 15 deep. We've taken up way too much time, haven't we? I like it when we take up a lot of time. I do too because we had good stuff today. By the way, the notes, I mean, outstanding work. Hang on to those. As we get closer, let's pull them back out again. David Wesley, Joel Myers, Jen Hale tonight on Fox Sports New Orleans, Rockets and Pelicans. Should be a dandy. I'm hoping it's a dandy. Hoping we're pouring Kool-Aid all over the place. (laughs) By the time we do Wesley Wednesday next week.
Let's go back in the day on Thursday, March 3rd at 7 p.m. when your New Orleans Pelicans take on the San Antonio Spurs for our 90s night at the Smoothie King Center. The first 8,000 dudes in attendance will receive a sweet fanny pack presented by Cox and NBA TV. Come hang out and watch our special 90s halftime show by the legendary hip-hop duo Tag Team. Tickets start as low as $24, so call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. The magic of Voodoo Barbecue. It's people, passion, and pure enjoyment. Seasoned with Louisiana's best. It's a celebration every day. A fusion of Creole, Cajun, and Caribbean. It's the soul, the sound, the taste of barbecue New Orleans style. Voodoo Barbecue. Pass by your neighborhood Voodoo Barbecue today. How much do you want to lose this year? Five, 10, 15 pounds? It's time to set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with one of 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20 ounce serving, and see how much you can lose. With flavors like pineapple mango, almond mocha, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goals. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Weight loss is based on a low calorie diet and exercise program. Consult your physician before beginning any diet program. Hardwood, hardball, and hard knocks. This is the Black and Blue Report. We have a very special guest on Black and Blue Report this morning. Jen Welter is uh, is our guest. She's in town this week to uh, speak basically to a group of fantastic young women who are participating in the Women's World Tackle Football Games uh, being held at the New Orleans Saints facilities this week. Uh, there are 17 countries being represented there are lots of uh, athletes around our facility, and not only will they be practicing and they're participating in games this weekend, they'll also be treated to several guest speakers, including our guest, Jen Welter, who not only played football, but is coached football at the highest level. And Jen, um, congratulations on this past summer, and I am excited to have you as our guest today, uh, hoping to, to learn a little bit more about you and, and perhaps what you'll be uh, passing along to these young ladies here this week in New Orleans. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, you guys. It's, it speaks so highly of the Saints organization for you guys to host the Women's World Games. I know it, it means a lot to all the, uh, the women who are coming up and through the game. Um, you know, I know I speak for myself when I can say I never imagined when I started playing so many years ago um, what would be possible. And I think the future is brighter than it ever has been for the women who know and love this game. Jen, football is extremely popular with women, uh, you know, from a, from a fan standpoint. But I, I'm curious to know how many women uh, are participating in football, at, you know, in a player's capacity. I mean, what, what can you tell us about where this game is with regard to women's participation? You know, it's actually one of the fastest growing sports internationally, um, both in terms of tackle football and flag football on you know, the youth and up into the high school level. Um, girls know and love this game, and for the first time, the message is getting around that not only are they permitted to play it, but they can play it very well. And I think you see that excitement really catching on. Um, you know, like you mentioned, 17 countries represented at the Women's World Games here, um, and that just speaks to the growth of the game overall. I watched the evolution of women's basketball, Jen, uh, back in 
the 80s and the early 90s and to where it has progressed to be such a dynamic uh, style of play. What would you say the women bring to the table as far as the style of play of football goes? Well, you know, that really varies team to team, I think, um, just like you would say with any team, um, whether it be high school, college, or the NFL. Um, a lot of that style of play reflects, you know, the coaching philosophy. But um, the thing that you'll fall in love with um, for the women in the game is that this is all heart and all passion. You know, um, women who are doing what they were told they were never done their whole career. Um, you know, we ran an up-tempo style of offense. We played 2010, 2013, no huddle, a lot of shotgun, a lot of screenplays. Coach Konecki is a great guy. I just traveled with him over to Australia to coach up the women's team over there. Uh, that was something that they had definitely never seen before. Caught the defenses a little bit on their heels. So, you know, those of us coaching the defensive side of the ball had to get them ready for no huddle as well. Um, and, you know, just like you see the game evolve over here, it's evolving in the women's game as well. What will your message be to uh, to this group in New Orleans this week? How do you want to go about spreading um, the game? That truly... Anything is possible in this game. Um, you know, for me, when I started playing, I never once dreamed that my career would take me where it has. You know, the biggest dream that you could have as a woman in football when I started playing was, you know, essentially uh, the female equivalent of a Super Bowl. And yet, in my career, I was blessed enough to win four of those. And after I won my fourth, all of a sudden it was, you know, there's going to be a women's U.S. national team for the very first time. And that was a dream bigger than I'd ever had. And, you know, to have made it and won two gold medals for Team USA overseas was, you know, at that time, again, even bigger than I thought possible. And yet just following the game and, and being willing to accept challenges as they came, I then had the opportunity to go on and be the first woman to play running back in men's professional football. I played there for a season. Then it was the respect I gained with my teammates um, that earned my, me my first coaching job um, in arena with the Texas Revolution as a linebacker's coach. And from there, I went to Bruce Arians and the Arizona Cardinals. So there is no ceiling to what can be accomplished in football, no matter who you are, male or female. And in general, just in passion in life, when you follow and pursue that path, um, you have to have faith that, that the journey can take you further than even your wildest imagination. And that's what I hope they all get from me because, you know, I certainly am a, a humble person and a humble player who's been blessed with some great opportunities and just, I guess, the, the crazy enough attitude to be willing to step up to the challenge each time they rose. Crazy is an interesting word. Um, <laughs> it sounds to me more like you just never said no, Jen. Pretty much. And I, you know, I use the word crazy very intentionally. You know, my doctorate is actually in sports psychology. So um, I lovingly tell athletes I like my brand of crazy. Um, and, and that has made me a special player throughout my career. You know, I never saw myself by the things that could have limited me. Um, you know, I am 5'2", 130 pounds. Uh, so I could have, I was underestimated in a lot of ways. And yet I always saw myself 
as just as big and as powerful as everyone else. And I wouldn't realize till I saw pictures later that maybe I was a little undersized. And I think that that's a metaphor for not only football, but for life as well. Jen Welch is our guest here on the Black and Blue Report. Jen, reflect back on last August for me and, and share with me your biggest takeaways from serving under Bruce Arians on that coaching staff of the Arizona Cardinals. First of all, just Bruce Arians is one of the best minds in football and, and a fantastic human as well. Um, he really believed in giving opportunities to people, I think, because a lot of people co- counted him out in his career. He has one of the most diverse coaching staff in the NFL. It's actually a topic of discussion throughout the season, and I guess that included me as well. Um, but what I would say that I learned about, you know, just the guys in the National Football League, both the players and the coaches, is that most people don't give them enough credit. Um, I formed some great relationships and friendships based on mutual respect and understanding and kind of that common bond of football family, and those are relationships I will – cherish for the rest of my life but on the outside everybody questioned if guys in the National Football League would you know accept coaching from a woman and you know I think we said we did the impossible and we did it very well because not only did the guys take coaching but they embraced it and you know they were very cognizant of the fact that they were a part of history and you know they would they would say it to me you know coach do you realize this is history like nobody's done this before like no matter what happens with women in football, they'll always look to us. And for them to have had that attitude and to have really embraced um, and ran with what could have been a challenging situation, I think just really speaks to the volume and character of the men in the National Football League. Do you embrace the title of pioneer or first to do so, or do you want to just have people talk about the fact that you were good enough to coach at, at the NFL level? I don't think that's an either or. I think anytime you're the first, you have to realize that you're setting the standard for everyone who comes after you. And I had to be very cognizant of that. Um, There were so many questions surrounding a female entering coaching in the National Football League that I think the fact that you're the first, it lends itself to the scrutiny of having to fire on all cylinders. You know, I think there were a lot of factors that, that played into that. Um, but I love the fact that we set the gold standard in Arizona of what everyone will look to and say, yes, this is possible, and um, that it opened up doors to other women going forward because, you know, we did a great job. And that's not me doing a great job. That's everybody in the organization saying this is different, but we're going to make this work. And I think that, you know, that speaks more to the staff and the players, um, myself included, than to just me. I think it was a a pioneering mission led by a great field general named Bruce Arians and his entire coaching staff and playing staff. So if I'm a pioneer, then, then they're pioneers right along with me. They just might not have a ponytail. Well, some of them do, but, you know. Well, yeah. I guess that would be dread. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well said. Uh, Jen, you have fellow groundbreakers in the NBA as well. Becky Hammond's now an assistant with the San Antonio Spurs. Nancy Lieberman, obviously, in different roles and now with the Sacramento Kings. Did you you reach out to anybody um, for advice or companionship along those lines as far as stepping into some place that women had never previously been? Yeah, 
Most definitely. I don't know Becky. I actually would really love to love to meet her and talk to her. I think she's fantastic. Um, but I know of her from a distance. Nancy Lieberman, however, has been a great friend and mentor to me for many years. So, um, you know, I reached out to her before the announcement and she was kind of busy with the summer league, the D league. And she said, you know, let me give you a call next week. We're crazy. And I was like, okay. And so she heard the news actually not from me before I was able to tell her. And she said, okay, now I'm a jerk. Is this why you called me last week? And I was like, yep, pretty much. And she's like, oh girl, I have never had to do so many um, interviews by about anybody else in my entire life. And she said, I'm so proud of you. Um, and so Nancy and I have actually, you know, we've had kind of that back and forth because, you know, though it's the same to me, you know, that I didn't have anybody else to talk to. She didn't either. And so when it was her first, um, regular season game with the Sacramento Kings, I went to the game and surprised Nancy. So it's a, it's a very special relationship to me and she's somebody I looked up to long before I knew her personally. So to have her be such a strong role model in my life means the world to me. She's a great person, a great friend. Jen, let's be honest here. Whether it be man or woman, um, ascending to the level that you have is not always wine and roses. What's been hard? Um, what's been most difficult for you in building your career? Um, you know, there, there's been a lot of things. Of course, being the first, there's no roadmap. So everything you do is brand new. Um, I think the part that I'm seeing right now as being um, just challenging is really to find the next steps and the right opportunity. Um, you know, I think for me, everybody knows me now and everybody's watching what I do and they want to know what's next and, and to not have a firm answer for them is tough. Um, because I would love to say, you know, I would love to say the, the Saints are bringing me in tomorrow and, and I got a job, you know, I'm going to be on you guys as coaching staff, but I don't have those clear answers. Um, so you have to be kind of, as the first, you have to be willing to not always be the one in charge and to not always be the one who has all the answers. So you would love to, and to be very willing to, no matter how far you go to remain completely humble. And, you know, open to coaching and guidance. Um, I've been spending a lot of time, you know, trying to obviously reconnect um, women to the game and further their experiences and give them somebody to look to while also um, developing a network within men's football. And I think that that's something that is second nature to the guys who coach and have come up through, say, the coaching ranks, um, you know, and played collegially and in the NFL is you, you kind of have that built-in network of people who know you and can call on you and, um, you know, bring you into staff or think of you on things like that. And yet for me, um, I'm working on actively developing those relationships because really though I've had NFL big brothers my whole career, not a lot of them have been in coaching. So, a lot of the coaches that I know are the guys I coach with there in Arizona. And as far as I know, they're all staying there as of right now. So you don't have that entree that naturally progresses into other teams. But what I will say is, you know, I've um, met some great guys um, at the senior bowl and, you know, in the combine last weekend and coaches um, in other teams and, 
And so I think that that shows you that there is opportunity. It's just finding the right one. No doubt. I don't think we're done hearing from Jen Welter, that's for sure. Jen, this has, <laughs> been, a, this has been a treat. Um, I hope that you have a great session tomorrow with the ladies here at our facility. And, uh, and again, we'll, uh, we'll probably run into each other at some point along the line here soon enough. Yeah, absolutely. And if you find a way to, you know, sneak me into a meeting to uh, meet the coaches, that'd be great. I'll uh, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> you know, Jen, even if it was two minutes to to have a personal handshake, that would be a, a step in the right direction. Sounds good. It, you, you're, you've definitely uh, jammed your foot, if not the whole leg and half your body, in the door. That's for sure. And so, uh, congratulations <laughs> again, and uh, and Thanks continued so success, Jen. Yep. Ken Walter with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Stay with us. You owe it to yourself and your home to call Terminex. I'm Vincent Palumbo. Whether you need a lifetime termite damage guarantee or hassle-free pest control service, we do it all. And I'm Ed Martin, Terminex entomologist. We have developed a convenient pest control system where we're scheduled in your home only twice a year. We attack bugs outside where they live. Call 834-7330 for guaranteed control of any pests or termites. Terminix does it all. Ever been surprised by a bill? A big bill that's higher than expected? Entergy's online tools let you take control. Try level billing so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you. And sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. Don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. We are hoping that Anthony Davis is a full go tonight as the Pelicans take on the Houston Rockets. Big, big game tonight. It starts off a big stretch of games where in three of the next four you're going to play teams that have a direct impact upon your possible playoff fate. Um, that continues, of course, with Utah on uh, Saturday and then Sacramento on Monday. Uh, looking forward to being back home tomorrow, of course, for a nationally televised game against the San Antonio Spurs. More on that in just a second. Uh, back to tonight's game against the Rockets. Tip time is at 7 p.m. on Fox Sports New Orleans and the Pelicans Radio Network. Both of those entities will have pregame coverage starting at 6.30 tonight. On the radio side, of course, it's Daniel Salerson with Pelicans warm-up. Um, as far as tomorrow goes, uh, again, TNT tomorrow night for Pelicans and Spurs, and Kevin Harlan will have the play-by-play. Reggie Miller will be the analyst, and Kevin Harlan uh, from TNT and CBS is kind enough to join us for the Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. We'll also speak with former St. Jabari Greer tomorrow, and we hope that you'll join us. Our thanks again today to Jen Welter and, of course, David Wesley. Pretty good Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. And uh, the sun is out in Houston. Hopefully we'll have a sunshiny final to tell you about tonight after the Pelicans and Rockets wrap things up. For Daniel Salerson, I'm Sean Kelly. We'll see you tomorrow right back here on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.